0: Be very careful who you marry. Be very careful. It's something I've noticed lately. I've seen... Well, not lately. I've noticed this since pretty much the beginning of time, since I've existed, that people tend to jump into marriages a little too quickly. Uh, They meet someone that makes their heart flutter, and they feel super special and nice about them, and uh, they... End up getting married to them because they feel like it's the next logical step in the relationship. When in reality they're unhappy people. When in reality they are um, miserable. Ugh, sorry, I got to adjust my chair here. And um, they just get married because they're like, "Oh well, I like them, and I'm uh, you know I'm happy with them most of the time, and they're cool, and we get along, and they know my parents, and I don't want to start all the way from you know ground zero all over again. So we might as well just get married, right? That's what you're supposed to do." Let's get engaged. We already live together. Wrong. Don't do that. Be careful. And be careful in other ways, too. Obviously, like, be picky about who you date. And uh, uh, be careful and make sure your friends approve of them, friends that you trust, and your family approves of them. Um, Why are you bringing this up, Matt? Oh, I don't know, dude. (laughs) Why am I bringing this up? Uh, Maybe it's because I know about a little thing called marriage. Because guess who's married between the two of us right now? Me. Or maybe maybe one of my married friends is listening. And so in that case, it's both of us. Or maybe my mom and dad are listening. Or maybe my grandparents are listening. Doubtful, they hate the show, and I think they hate me too. So I doubt my grandparents are listening to this. They didn't even come to the wedding reception. No big deal. We'll talk about that later. We'll A lot to unpack this episode. <laughs> But uh yeah, I got married, dude. I know but this is something I've been talking about for the last year and a half. I've done it now. I finally I've gotten married. I've done the thing, okay? So I'm an expert in this now, dude. I'm an expert in marriage. You want you have marriage problems? Come to me. I know everything about it now. Look at that thing. That's a ring. That signifies my love and fidelity for British Beth, who hasn't been on the show in ages and I don't know that she will be for a while. But I'm getting ramped up again. I told you I'm going to start doing these things again. I have some time. It's like a big weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Thank God the wedding's over with. I don't want to bore you guys with all the details. But it was great. It was nice. It was fun. It was jovial and alcohol-fueled. A little bit of drama here and there. Um, uh, But it was pretty smooth, honestly. Pretty smooth wedding. Expensive and... Stressful and roller coaster of emotions, but we're done. We got through it and um, it was really, really fun. We're in Los Alamos, California. Thank you to everyone who came. If you're listening, it was a blasty blast. It was a blast and a half. It was a blast. It was a blast. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was at the 1880 Union Hotel. If you want to look that up, don't book it though, because that's tacky. If you want to steal my wedding venue, because you can't come up with your own original ideas. Uh, that's super tacky so don't do that um but yeah I'm, I'm married now and that's weird it's weird because um a lot of people i know have been getting married uh recently you know and or a bit engaged um and it's just kind of strange that we're at that point in our lives like i always thought i'd feel like weird and different after i got married spoiler alert i don't I feel the exact same, same exact same as I did before other than this ring that's on my finger. Um and that's pretty much it. I mean I think part of the reason I don't you don't feel weird after getting married is um it's just it's the next logical step, right? It's like I mean <laughs> not to contradict myself from what I said earlier, but like in, in, it's the next logical step in terms of like this is where life goes. So it makes sense. So it doesn't freak me out anymore. If that makes sense, I need just need to. I didn't just marry Beth because it was the next logical step in the relationship. Although it was. But that's not the only reason I did it. I did it because we're compatible, and we love each other, and we have a good relationship, okay, dude? And she's going to be a great mother, and I'm going to be a great dad. And it's going to rock, dude. And you guys are going to look to us, and you're going to say, wow, what a great marriage. That Matt is so hot and funny and nice, and he's such a cool dad. And the, and my kids, Pork Lasagna and Isosceles and Lois will be like, yep, he's the coolest dad on the planet. And if you want advice about parenting or about marriage, guess who you should go to? And then they'll 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 point to me, and they'll go, Big Papa over there that's because that's what my kids are gonna call me. Big P maybe we can have kids if I'm not impotent that is but yeah be careful about who who you pick and it's not an easy thing uh, it's just I think one of the weirdest things to me is how how I was able to get to this point honestly like that's weird. Because you work your whole life towards this, and I was, you know, I'm a bit of a romantic. I thought I'd be married a little bit younger than I was. I was a good Catholic boy growing up. I don't know why, buddy. I'm, uh, I'm not even tired. Um, and I thought I was gonna get married at a younger age, and I didn't, and that's fine. I'm actually happy that it worked out that way. I don't think you should get married young, which I can also get into in a little bit. Um. But it, it just it it, it's something that occupies your headspace when you're in high school and college and you're dating and you're like I gotta find the right person and you feel like there's like a shot clock on life that you have to have things figured out by a certain point but you don't It doesn't matter I got it figured out and that that's what's weird to me is like it just fell into place when life decided that it was supposed to fall into place that's when it fell into place. And that's a comforting thing, too. You know, dude? Like, when I stopped trying to control things, that's when everything fell into place for me. When I kind of just accepted life for what it is in the chaos of this universe that we live in, that's when things fell into place for me. I didn't need to work too hard at it. Beth and I just kind of naturally meshed together. The universe brought us together. And, uh, which... Also, it was verified by a psychic that we went to. We're we're soulmates, according to this palm reader that Beth and I went to. I don't know if that's... Uh, I mean, I, I know that that's true. I don't know if palm readers are real, the real deal or not. Right, maybe I can get into that a little bit later. I don't know. But um, the universe brought Beth and I together, and it just worked out. It's just like one thing just kind of... It just felt natural. We didn't have to like... We weren't going to therapy or something, you know? We weren't, like, weren't fighting all the time. We weren't, like, questioning whether or not this was the right decision. It just was the right decision. That's how I felt about the whole thing. And that that was comforting, too. It was, like, the easiest decision I've ever made, which is awesome, which is beautiful and cute, dude. I'm cute. I'm going to say some cute stuff this episode because I'm a cute guy, all right? And, like I said, there's a little bit of romanticism in this Polish-slash-Lebanese slash geyser, mate, right? At 2 a.m., right? I'm Polish and I'm Lebanese. I'm Lebanese. That's what they call me. No one's called me that. Uh and uh yeah, I mean I'm almost, I'm going on 30. I turned 30 in um let's see 2 weeks. Yeah, 2 weeks from today. Uh which that's weird. I think I started this podcast the first couple episodes were when I was uh 26 that's weird it's like 4 years almost of doing this but not consistently doing it obviously if you want to go try to find the old episodes you can Um, and then Beth's 33 yes she's older than me believe it or not so <laughs> I go for the older women and she's a, she goes for the younger men she's a cougar that's what they call them right actually I think cougars like a bit older than in their 30s right they're supposed to be like in their 40s I don't know it doesn't matter but either way we're old enough to have made these decisions quickly. And I think that also came into play, right? Because we've been through life long enough to be able to meet people and refine what we're looking for, what we want. And that's important. This is why I think don't get married when you're 22, 23. And I might catch some heat for saying this because I know a lot of our parents, at least you know, my parents, uh, my cousin's parents <laughs> – my friend's parents got married at like 22, 23. Beth's parents got married at like 12 or something. <laughs> they were super young. Um, and that's just not the generation we live in now. First of all, um, the a little bit difference is in maturity levels. All right. I will admit that that's the case. Um, and uh, the other thing is, hey, guys, baby boomers divorce rates, 50%. Okay? Not a great track record. So I, I think it made all of us go, hmm, hey, hmm, hmm. It made me go, hmm, Uh, that didn't work out for them. A lot of my friends' parents got divorced, and you go, doesn't work out for them? Or in some cases, some people go, hey, my parents were divorced. Didn't work out for them. Maybe I need to be a little bit more careful. Okay? I don't want to get divorced. So that's the thing, and I've had to explain this to my mom and and, uh, and some other people's parents, too, that, like, Forgive us for being a little cautious and waiting a little bit longer to get married because it didn't work out so great for the generation beforehand. And also, you don't know anything at 23, dude. Like I said, the maturity thing. Right now, you're 22, 23, 24. You get engaged at 22, 23, whatever. You've been with your high school boyfriend for so long, and he's so lovely and nice, and I love him, and he gets me donuts, and we go shopping together. And I don't know. You you live in the Midwest, right? And you go to a Baptist church, and you get married at 23, You don't know anything at 23, dude. You know nothing. You're an idiot at 23. You haven't seen the world. You have no life experience, especially if you're growing up in the Midwest. If you're in, like, Iowa or Missouri, you've probably never left your hometown. And by the way, that's fine. Actually, no, it's not fine. Leave your hometown. Go see the world a little bit before you commit to one person because you know what might happen you might leave Missouri because your husband gets a job working at Merrill Lynch in New York, or I don't know, <laughs> let's say in New York or Chicago or Nashville. You go to a big city, and you have to get a new job as a teacher at a private school somewhere or something, or whatever. Maybe you get the, maybe you get a job at Lululemon Corporate, and you got to move to San Francisco or something. And you get there, and uh, you realize, oh, I like the big city. I like the big city. I like the pace. There's an energy here. You're 29 at this point, let's say. You have one kid, maybe, or one kid on the way, something like that. And you start going to work, and you meet this guy named Zach at work. And Zach's kind of a hunk. Zach's got a uh, mile-high cheekbones, Right? He's got some some thick calves. He's got baby blue eyes. He's got a slicked back haircut. And he's nice, dude. He's really nice to you. He says, hi, good morning every day. You guys kind of become work buddies. You get coffee. You vent to each other about Karen, your boss. Her name happens to be Karen. She's not actually a Karen. She's just kind of, you know, she's a boss. She micromanages you a little bit. And Zach's there for you. Zach's the guy who you can talk to about this stuff because your husband Josh isn't going to understand. Okay? Your husband Josh from Little Rock, Arkansas, who you met in Missouri and now you're both living in San Francisco working at Lululemon in Maryland. Josh isn't going to get this stuff cuz he works he works more on the financial side of things, okay? You're a marketing director and you're more creative and you need to, you need to talk to someone who's going to get it and and Zach gets you, dude. Zach looks you in the eyes and he listens, okay. And then one day Zach asks you to go to some cool hip concert. You, you He wants you to go see Vampire Weekend with him. All right. Uh, and maybe or maybe you guys go to Outside Lands in San Francisco. You go see maybe it's Vampire Weekend's playing at Outside Lands, and you go. And your husband Josh is like, hey, I don't want to go. I got to work late tonight. Sorry, and so you go with a bunch of people from work. And you go, hey, this is pretty nice. This is fun. I didn't realize I I would like this that much. I thought I would hate the big city. I thought music festivals were for hippies and weirdos. And you go with a couple people from Lululemon Corporate. You get to Outside Lands. Zach's showing you around. His parents were hippies back in the 60s. Or his grandparents were hippies. And he gives you his little pill, a super secret special pill. You don't know what it is. He says, "Take this. It'll it'll take the edge off a little bit. It'll make you feel better. Trust me. I'm here. If anything goes wrong, don't worry. I've done this a million times before. I'm here for you." So you take it. Start feeling a little warm and fuzzy and floaty, and you, you know, you 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 feel like you've betrayed yourself in a way because you wouldn't usually do this back in Missouri. You wouldn't do this at First Christ Methodist church that you grew up going to in Missouri. You were taught that doing these things was wrong, but it feels so right in the moment. You're here, you're in San Francisco, you've only been there four months. But you're settling in great, you like the big city, you like the music festival, and in fact, this little pill that Zach gave you, you're starting to like that too. And so you just let whatever happens, happen. And you have a great time. You go see Vampire Weekend. Okay. Green Day plays the next day. You're having a blast and a half. You go down, you go, you don't even go for the festival the whole day. You, you're kind of coming down off the weird, funky pill that Zach gave you. You don't really know, you feel a little unsure of yourself. You leave early on Sunday, you go to the marina, you get some drinks at the Tipsy Pig. Okay. And you feel, you feel weird because this is the first time in your life you've let loose. You got married at 23. Josh is a good guy. He makes a good living. You're going to have a kid soon. But now you're getting a taste of what could have been and what your life could have been. You're meshing with all of Zach and his friends so well, and Zach is even giving you a bit of a warm fuzzy feeling inside. Is that the is that the pill he gave you last night, or is that just his personality lifting you up, making you feel nice and appreciated and special? It's a different flavor to him. You never met a guy like this before. How could you have? You grew up in Missouri. So it sits with you. And it ruminates in your brain, right? Those thoughts are incubating in there. All right, spreading around for months after this, and uh, you struggle. It doesn't become easier because then you start questioning your very reality. Was what I grew up with correct and true? Was it right? You start questioning. Hey, was should I have been at First Christ Methodist Church? That whole time, you don't really go to church anymore. It's been a couple months. You stop going to church. You're in the land of the hippies in San Francisco. And you kind of like it. You kind of like the rebellious feeling that you And you start, because Josh is the same guy. And he's never going to stop. He's never going to stop being the way that he is. Is that what you want? Start. Drifting and drifting and drifting until one day you decide, I can't take it anymore. Josh isn't the guy for me. It might be Zach. I don't know. But I don't believe in divorce. I don't want... I don't want... And our kid's going to be here in a couple months. I can't do this. But I'm stuck in this situation that I put myself in because I forced myself to get into this situation and scenario when I was at a very young age. And I shouldn't have been making decisions like that. Because I wasn't mature enough to understand the repercussions of my actions right now. Is that the... Is that the position you want to be in? (laughs) Not me. Should have been more careful. You should have been more careful. You should have given your life time to develop more and understood maybe what you wanted better. Maybe you would have met a guy like Zach. Maybe if you were giving yourself a little bit more time to develop. You would have found something different. I don't know. This is a totally hypothetical <laughs> situation. But you get what I mean. <laughs> this is get, this stuff gets serious. Be careful about who you marry. Take that shit seriously. It's not just like, oh, yeah, this is the next thing to do. Great. No, you're picking someone for life. I mentioned this in my speech when I went to go see my parents. Um after the wedding, we went to my parents' place after the wedding for a family celebration. But love isn't red rose petals and flowers and hugs and kisses and rainbows and saying I love you and warm fuzzy feelings coming home from work every day and smooching on the lips. Although that is important, that's good stuff. It's more complex than that. Love isn't just happiness and sunshine and rainbows all the time. Love's hard. Love is, uh, is sacrifice, dude. This is me being cute as shit and, and giving you some sage advice. Love is sacrifice, dude. Love is complex. Love is hard. Love is uh, being there for the other person even when you're mad at them. Love is suffering. Love is being that other person's rock through good times and bad, through sickness and in health, as corny as that sounds. Love is being patient. Love is not trying to change the other person, but embrace their weaknesses and love them despite their weaknesses and have and appreciate that they love you despite yours. Dude, that's what love is. But we get lost in our movie view of what we think love is because we watch a lot of TV shows and movies and and all that. And we like to think, oh, look at that. Hugh Grant's falling in love with Anne Hathaway on a nice rom-com that makes me feel nice. That must be what love is. (sighs) That must be what love is. Chocolates on Valentine's Day. I'm gonna get my girlfriend to lock it. That's love. <laughs> it's not love. It's a part of love. It's a very tiny piece of what it is. And this applies to more than that one way of love, that more that stereotypical way of love. It applies to family love too. Friendly love. Friend love. Hot guy love. You know, so we all have hot guy friends that we love. It applies to that too. Love is trying to understand the other person's perspective so you can meet in the middle and not argue anymore. But love is also arguing because you know that you're going to come out on the other side stronger and better in your relationship. Love is not turning your back on someone even though you're angry with them. Or maybe you don't fully understand their perspective. So like let's say... I think there's some people that could learn from this. Let's say hypothetically there was a couple people that didn't go to my wedding reception. For whatever this is totally hypothetical. Let's say this is just completely hypothetical situation of a couple people who didn't go to my wedding reception back at my parents' place because let's say hypothetically they were mad at me because I moved in with my fiance before we were technically married even though we're going to get married and there's a promise to be married and i'm not going to ever not be engaged to that person because i'm not a pussy and i don't believe in getting engaged to someone and then breaking it off no no no, i'm because i'm engaged the day i propose to that person that's what engagement means to me a marriage is really just a contract with the government but this is all hypothetical so don't worry so let's say that they were disagreed with your decision to live with you know, they say they disagreed with my decision to live with with my fiance. And let's say hypothetically, they were mad at me for living in California, um, and they were also mad at me, let's say, for not getting married in a church because that's the only way you can be married is in a church. Let's say, totally hypothetical, by the way, this is completely hypothetical, uh, and it wasn't a Catholic church. And um, they were like, you know what, we can't. Support that marriage Let's say these two people were like We're not, we don't support it So we can't go celebrate with you Even though we've known you your whole life And let's say hypothetically These people were My my grandparents, just for the sake of the situation Let's just hypothetically say That's what the case was And let's say Hypothetically They were Catholic Christians their entire life In fact, so Catholic that it weirds you out A little bit, it kind of Creeps you out a little bit You go over to their house And you're like There's a lot of Bloody corpses of Christ everywhere There's a big grotto To Mary in the backyard You put a lot of time into that Oh there's an altar in the backyard too Huh Wow There's a lot of crucifixes in this It's like a creepy type of Catholic Let's pretend that they're like that Hypothetically Obviously And uh, they disagree with, with your decisions in life. Now, we talk about love in this hypothetical situation. That's not very caring. That's kind of the antithesis of what being a Christian is all about, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say that's not very loving? If in this hypothetical situation, of course... It's not very loving to turn your back on your grandson, who you haven't talked to, who you wrote a very mean letter to, and that's the last correspondence you've had with them. And you've never met his fiance, hypothetically. This is all totally hypothetical. Guys, it's hypothetical. Um, And you're going to judge him like that. That doesn't seem, that doesn't seem very Christian. At all, or very loving. In fact, it sounds like the opposite of loving. I there's I, I think there's a quote in the Bible somewhere. I don't really remember how it goes. I think it's like something like treat others how you would want to be treated, right? Love your neighbor as yourself, something like that. The golden rule, old goldish. That's what I call it, old Mister Golden, the old. G Dog Golden Rule That is not being followed by these people hypothetically. So they're doing a bad job of loving. <laughs> and let's say in this hypothetical situation, you know, if that was me that this was happening to, um would I care? Um, yeah, a little bit. I would be a little upset by it. I would be more confused, just like, mm, okay. Uh, because let's hypothetically say your grandparents have like 86 other grandkids, and you're like one of the first they ever had. You'd think they care a little bit about the first legitimate, or one of the first legitimate marriages in the family. But they don't, uh... It's even though it's an important day for that person, and maybe they don't agree with everything you've done as parents, and you can disagree with him, but guess what? We still love each other. That's what love means to me. That's how I would react to this in this hypothetical situation, this completely hypothetical situation. I would be like, you know what? No, I'm not I'm not gonna hold it against you guys. You're adults. It's childish. It's <laughs> not a very adult thing to do. I would prefer that you met my now wife and would be happy for us and would be rooting us on to have grandkids. But in your old age, you don't want to get, you don't want to have a relationship with your grandson. And that's how you want to end things in terms of relationship with him. I didn't close the door. You did. And that's fine. Cause this is all hypothetical, baby. <laughs> it's more, it would be it, in this hypothetical situation, it would be more upsetting that they made such a rude, childish decision and excluded my new wife. That would be what upset me the most in this hypothetical scenario. If I played this through in my head and you know we're getting deep into this thought experiment in this totally hypothetical situation... That would be what upsets me the most, would be how they come off to my new wife. And let me tell you, it's not great. And guess what? They might not care. They probably don't. Hypothetically. But that's how life goes, and that's how some people are. And do they have the happiest marriage of all time? It's up for debate. Have they made a lot of decisions that I vehemently disagree with? Yup. Way worse, in my opinion, than anything I've ever done. Yup. But I wouldn't I wouldn't try to cut off the relationship for something stupid like that in this if this hypothetical situation happened. Because I'm not ten years old, dude we're adults we're playing the adult game here dude that's what we do we get over stupid petty stuff and we move forward that's what we do i'm making the best decisions for me and my wife now dude and guess what that's weird as shit to say wife man (laughs) weird and i have a ring on weird what the hell what the hell And guess what? Not every decision in the world has to be revolved around Catholicism and Christianity. Sometimes you got to do what's just best for numero uno. I have a tough time believing that. I die and go to the pearly gates of heaven. Okay, St. Peter's there waiting for me. He's got his clipboard. Well, Matt, it's great to see you here. You had a wonderful life. You have a really long lifeline on your palm, as the palm reader told you back in 2022. You lived a very long and happy life. You took very good care of yourself. You ran seven marathons at the age of 92. Very impressive. You were also ranked the hottest man on earth. Great. Good for you. You went to church a lot. You stopped going for a while around 2020. It's weird. I mean, we can kind of attribute that to the pandemic. You loved your neighbor as yourself. You were very selfless here. You had a great uh, marriage with your wife, Beth, who's still alive. She has not died yet. And your kids are all very well adjusted. Good people. You raised them right. You are doing. Oh. oh. What is it, St. Peter? What have, What have I done? Well, Matthew. He pinches his nose. And his glasses go up a little bit. And he's like, there's a note here. It says you lived with your fiance before you got married. I'm like, yeah. He's like, "Mm, that's a big no, no. But I suppose we can let it slide. It's one thing. And I'm like, I feel wiping the sweat off my forehead. I'm so, thank you, St. Peter. Thank you. This is great. I can still get to heaven. He's like, yes, we're just going to put you in purgatory for like six months. How about that? Oh, that's it? Okay, so that'll go by like in a jiffy. Yeah, it'll be easy. Let me just check your file, see what else is. Oh, no. Oh, St. Peter, what is it this time? Well, you also got married outside. It wasn't in a church. Do you you really think that's okay? Well, gee, I don't know, St. Peter. I mean, we got married, uh, and I loved my wife, and we had a happy marriage, and we raised our kids well, and I led a good life. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Your marriage was outside. That makes the whole thing null and void and stupid because because Christ doesn't like that. It's not his aesthetic. Okay, but St. Peter, I think... We got to judge a man by the content of his character here. All right? What was the content of my character? Doesn't matter, Matt. Christ takes this very seriously, and you're in big trouble for this. Straight to hell. ban. No! That's what would happen. It's a very story-elemented show today. <laughs> I'm sorry for just babbling on you really think that would happen, dude? No, of course not. I don't think Jesus cares if there is a Jesus up there looking down, making every decision for me or whatever he does. By the way, dude, where is Christ? He, they, we've been saying he's going to come again to judge the living and the dead. That's what we say in the I think it's the Nicene Creed. It's one of the creeds we have to say in Catholic Church. Where is he? It's been 2,000 years. How long are you waiting, dude? It's been 2,000 years. That's a lot of years. You were here. Why didn't you come back? Judge me and the dead. Would it kill him to just be like, hey, I'm guys popping my head in. I always thought it'd be funny if Jesus came back as a stand-up comedian. Now that Is a good idea for a TV show. You film it mockumentary style. Like we pretend Jesus comes down. The premise of the show is Jesus comes down to earth and no one believes he's the son of God because that is what would happen, right? People would be like, bullshit. You're not God. You're not Jesus. And even if he did perform miracles like turn water into wine or walk on water or raise someone from the dead, people would be like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's like Chris Angel or David Blaine. Like it's just, it's, or they, or they think it's editing on video. Like no one would believe him. So so Jesus ends up just living in New York. He's like, "Well, I'm here. I got to do something." And uh he moves into like a studio apartment and meets these guys like uh uh guy who wants to be a, a cinematographer, so he has like video equipment and he wants to be a director or whatever and so he has you know, equipment, like video equipment and stuff and he films Jesus and Jesus is like, "You know what? I I have kind of always wanted to try stand-up comedy." <laughs> I think that would be, I think I could do it. And his friends are like, yeah, man. And there's like one friend of his who's like devoutly Christian. And he's like the only one who actually believes that Jesus is Jesus. But he's like a loser dork. And so Jesus is like, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, I know. I'm the son of God. You smell weird. And you're a little too Christian-y. <laughs> Jesus gets annoyed with the one guy who believes him. And so Jesus is doing like open mic sets. And he's here's the kicker, though. He stinks at it. He's really bad at stand-up comedy. So you see him, and he's just like, so, "Well, what's the deal with Ubers? Those guys are the worst. They every time I get in one, they don't they won't shut up, right?" And I'll tell you what: what's we the Whole Foods prices of of avocados? Are you? Who can pay for this? I'm not Bill Gates. And everyone's like, yikes, dude. And the one Christian guy who's his friend is like, I thought that was really good, Jesus. And he's like, thanks, man. I I got to change my fucking act. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's an idea there. Maybe I'll write it. Write it to me and let me know if that's a good idea, and I'll write a pilot for that show. But I think that's a great idea. Jesus comes down, back down to earth. No one believes him, and he tries to become a stand-up comedian. That's funny, dude. It's a good concept. Um, I got way off topic. Uh, we were talking about marriage and stuff, and now we're not talking about it anymore. Uh... <laughs> Look, I'm happy, guys. I'm happy. This is great. Can you believe it was over a year and a half ago where I got engaged? That was what, April 2021. Weird stuff. Uh, very weird stuff. This is the life we live. Be careful who with, with who you get married to, guys, because you can't take it back. Can we take it seriously? Can we take it a little bit more seriously than we take it? The reason why this has worked for me is I did take this seriously. Okay? I wrote this in my vows. Here's the next cute thing I'm gonna say. It's gonna be super cute, and you're gonna your heart's gonna be warm and melted by me saying this. I wrote down a list of qualities in 2018. Okay, I took this so seriously that I'm like, I need to change myself. I need to become a better man, and I need to outwardly project myself in a way that's going to attract the kind of woman I want. How do I do that? Well, let me write down the qualities that I'm looking for in a woman so that I know what I'm looking for so I can define it for myself, and then I can work on myself so that I'm outwardly projecting myself in a way that attracts a woman with these qualities. Okay? So that's what I did. I wrote down a list of... I still have the book. It's around here somewhere. I read it out at the wedding. It was super cute. Not a dry eye in the house. Everyone was... Oh, my God. Tears. Tears, dude. I'm so cute. And uh, it was probably... I think it was... No, it wasn't 20. It was 50 qualities. Spontaneous. Fun. Gets along with my family. Good body. (laughs) All these other things. Intelligent. Independent. Doesn't need much to be happy. Doesn't like social media. Like Those are the things I wrote down. And it took a couple years, took two years, uh, maybe a little bit less. And um, after that two years, Beth came along. And I, I, I sincerely did work on myself. I, but it wasn't like I open the book every day and I'm like, oh, hey, I got to fix myself to, uh, to be like these qualities. No, it was like um, I, I, just you're manifesting it when you write it down. When you write something down in the book, you are putting it out into the universe now. That's a real thing. And then you've gotten those thoughts out of your head. There's something very powerful about writing stuff down. And uh, I did work on myself in a lot of ways. I had to weed out bad qualities about myself. Like be very cognizant of the things I say and how I carry myself and um, who I surround myself with. That's another big thing. And I took it seriously, and guess what? It worked, okay? So I'm going to tell you what works for me. I'm not going to try to sit here and preach to you all day about how to get married. And some of you are probably listening to me droll on who are either married or engaged, and you're probably like, shut up, Matt. We know what we're doing. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Um, But it worked for me, and I'm glad. And there's a big sigh of relief now because I think one of the best things to come out of this wedding is just knowing that I did it, all right? And I am good enough for someone. And I was able to find someone who was good enough for me, who met those qualities that I wanted, who was who met the standards of the quality of person that I was looking for. And it's just it's like a monkey off your back, dude. You're like, oh, we did, we got the wedding done, and I did this big life accomplishment. Now it's on to bigger and better things: get a house, have a baby, get divorced. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but if I can do it, anyone can do it. I'm an idiot, dude. I'm just a guy wearing a camo shirt and a baby Yoda necklace and a baby Yoda little statue in the back making up dumb hypothetical stories. But be careful about who you marry because you're with them forever and you got to make it work. And that was one thing I'm very adamant about. I don't care what this... Dude, there's going to be rough days. There's going to be rough weeks. There's going to be rough months. There's going to be rough years. That's just how it goes, dude. That's what marriage is. It's not supposed to be a walk in the park. You're not supposed to... Be obsessed with them every minute of the day and be just like looking at them with eyes of adoration all the time. They're going to be pissed off. They're not always going to take their clothes out of the dryer immediately after the dryer cycle is done. And then they leave it in the dryer for four hours, even though that's rude because we live in a shared community. And I would, I would never do that to someone else. But your significant other does do that. And they say, oh, my gosh, I forgot I left my dryer clothes in the dryer. And you're like, that was seven hours ago. There was someone probably waiting to dry their clothes. And you made, you, you're an asshole for not letting them dry their clothes. This is totally hypothetical. I'm just This is totally random and hypothetical. And it's never happened to me before, obviously. It's hypothetical. And you'll get annoyed with them sometimes. <laughs> they leave their water cups all over the house. Or they lose the key that you got to open up the change area for the washer-dryer, so you press the button that activates the spin cycle so you don't have to pay because it's a coin-operated machine because you shouldn't have to be using a coin-operated machine for laundry in 2022. And so you got a key to just open up the top and press the button that starts the timer for the cycle. A little unethical, yes, but not the biggest deal. This is also just totally hypothetical. But they lost the key to that. Your significant other lost the key to that, and that's annoying. But you put up with it, dude. <laughs> It'll all work out. You'll be fine. We'll all be good. I'm just stoked, dude. I'm done. You can congratulate me if you want to send gifts. Send them to me. Text me. Message me on Instagram at Hey Matt Thomas or at uh, Total Hoot. Is that? No, that's not it. At uh, Uncle Tommy. Sorry. Uncle.tommy. That's the other one. <laughs> on Instagram. Or if you want to follow food memes, go to at Arugula Milkshake. <laughs> love is hard. Love is love is complex. But I found it, dude. So I'm the expert. So if you ever have problems about life and your marriage, and you move to San Francisco, and you meet a guy named Zach, and your husband Josh isn't cutting it for you, Remember what I'm saying now. You're stuck in that. You should have made a better decision before. Don't shout on that cheat on their husband with a guy named Zach who works at Lululemon Corporate. Be careful about who you marry because you're going to be with them forever. Take it seriously. Don't, don't just waltz through it as if it's nothing. I mean, don't stay up every night. Wandering around and crying yourself to sleep because you don't have everything figured out in life. You're not supposed to have it all figured out. Just let it go into the universe and the right person will present itself to you. Sometimes you don't need to work that hard, but when it, when it time does come along, take it seriously. If I didn't take my relationship with British Beth seriously, we would have broken up in the first month or two because I was a scared little wiener boy and I didn't know what I, I didn't know if I was ready to commit or not. And I, I knew I was, I knew I could. It was just like, Am I going to let this person leave my life forever or am I going to decide to be happy and be awesome? And that's what I decided to be because I'm happy and I'm awesome. So that's it, folks. Hope everyone has a great weekend, week, whenever you're listening to this. Wish me happy marriage. Wish Beth happy marriage at British.Beth. She's the best. We're going to be doing more shows coming up as we move forward on in life. But stay sweet, stay loving, and stay serious about life, even in the hypothetical situations. Goodbye. Bye bye bye. bye.